Progressive Rugby League. again, John O'Duncan. You know, somewhere around 15 years ago, I reckon, I was at Leichhardt Oval with my pal Ports for a semi-final doubleheader of the New South Wales Cup. The memory is a little hazy, but I'm pretty sure the Newtown Jets featured. I'm less certain the Balmain Tigers were playing, but I'm absolutely positive the North Sydney Bears graced that mighty inner western Sydney stage on that sunny Sydney spring Sunday afternoon. Now, I can hear you asking, hey, Johnny, how can you be so sure? Well, first of all, it's Jono, right? But in any case, I can confidently answer your question because from that day, I remember with crystal clarity the sight of an All Sydney Bears fan, say 40-something, passionate, defiant, and sporting a t-shirt that remains etched in my mind. It read, no merger, no way. Which begged the question to me in ports, so is this guy for or against the merger? No merger, no way? So he's saying no way to the concept of no merger? His actions suggested anti-merger, but the double negative on his t-shirt hinted otherwise. And to this day, pro-merger guy maintains near-mythical status in our tiny little minds. (laughs) Man, we thought we were so funny. Maybe we were. Or maybe our smart-assery about someone's deeply held passion was exactly what was wrong with the world. Either way, that troublesome phrase, no merger, no way, does in some tenuous way symbolise the muddy thinking the rugby league world has had about the North Sydney Bears since they ceased being a top-flight entity. I mean, there's almost universal love for the Bears, Yet most have struggled to see how they'd realistically fit back into the modern-day NRL. And for those who have been able to see it, there's often been consternation about what the best model could be. But maybe, just maybe, after years of bad timing, worse luck, smelly vibes and awkward times, the cards finally could be falling the way, don't shout it lest you jinx it, of the North Sydney Bears, in the guise of a potential partnership with Western Australia. Yes, the, the whispers are whispers no more, it could be on. The Bears may be back in the NRL in some form soon. Which sounds like it would be good news to fans of the North Sydney Bears, right? You'd like to think so. But when you support a team that is so used to bad luck, even the thought of positive news must bring with it at least a smidge of deep suspicion and simmering anxiety. Is this legit? You're not screwing with me, are you, Johnny? It's Johnny. So what's going through the minds of North Sydney Bears fans at this intriguing time in the club's history? Are they excited? Trepidatious? just wanting to put their hands over their eyes and ears until it's all settled. Well, let's ask one, shall we? If you know Sam Perry, there's a good chance you know him as one part of the great cricketer, the Twitter account turned publishing and podcasting juggernaut. But Sam has many more strings to his bow, too many for this already lengthy intro, but I will add he's also a part-time broadcaster, high-quality columnist, and North Sydney Bears fan. And Sam's kindly agreed to join us to talk about his recent article in The Guardian about the lot of being a long-suffering Bears fan as the pendulum is maybe, possibly, finally, don't shout it lest you jinx it, stunned to swing their way. Sam Perry, welcome to the Progressive Rugby League Podcast. Jono, thanks for having me. Wonderful intro. Found myself laughing along, sometimes <laughs> sadly <laughs> uh, or bitterly. But uh, yeah, a real, a real privilege to be here, mate. I know you've had some great guests on before and um, I'll give them my best at, at articulating uh, the experience of being a Bears fan. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Well, the bit of laughter was exactly what I was going for there. Now, Sam, thanks uh, very much for joining us. Really thrilled to have you on. Now, from a, an outsider's perspective, it seems that at this moment, the Bears are as realistic an option to be brought back into the NRL as they have been since they sadly departed. And of course, 
it seems to be being made possible through a potential partnership consortium agreement with some hearty rugby league folk from the West. Your article in The Guardian is a lovely little piece that, from my reading, wants to dare to dream about a Bears return to the NRL, but for understandable reasons, stops just short. But that's just my reading. Are you able to give us a sense, in your own words, of just how the North Sydney Bears community is treating this seemingly positive news? Uh, that's, a, that's a really big question. And as you ask it, and you, I think you, you correctly kind of deduce the tone of the piece, I find myself thinking that when I came to start supporting the Bears, which was in the early 90s, you know, mm. my experience of it through the 90s, as, as I understood it as I became older and learning from my elders, you know, my uncles and my dad, my experience with the Bears was quite different to what theirs was. The Bears were pretty successful in the 90s. I expected them to win. Uh, I think I included in the story, you know, an anecdote about crying when they lost (laughs) and that my dad said we used to cry when they won. And I think I I do... So so there's a part of me that quite naturally, and this is quite like me anyway, will always be hopeful and bullish about the Bears coming back. I I didn't... um, I didn't gather that kind of melancholy and bitterness and caution that my uncles and my dad did and many other Bears fans did who are a little bit older than me. It's not built into me, but... I have learnt intellectually that you do have to adopt that posture, you know, as a, as a Bears fan, because historically that is how it works. So I was trying to get that across in the piece. Uh, as for speaking for the for the Bears community broadly, I mean, I'm, I'm hesitant to do that for a couple of reasons, but th- though I'll try. Uh, it, sometimes social media can provide a barometer for these things, though it's depressing to think the Bears actually exited before social media took hold mm. in any kind of a sophisticated mainstream way. Um, but you can... You can glean some views through there. As far as I can tell, the views fall into the following camps. There are people who want nothing but the North Sydney Bears returning based in North Sydney, at North Sydney Oval, in exactly the same guise or form as they did between 1908 to 1999. And I have that same reaction as I think you just did. Um, there, There are people who will stretch themselves to accept the idea of the Central Coast Bears, for example, North North Sydney have um, have actually got a, a bona fide connection to the Central Coast historically with the club, and obviously that was the that was meant to be their entry point into the kind of reformed NRL mm. New Millennium um, fourteen team win the criteria competition, <laughs> but they failed at the last there, and then. The final group appears to be those who are quite content or happy to accept the return of the Bears in any guise, so long as they're in red and black, um, perhaps rehoming in a strategically relevant location with you know, some symbolic and practical connection to North Sydney Oval where possible. You know, but within that broad group, John like mm. th- there's a huge variety of views and feelings and instincts about the feasibility of different locations. Because you know, since the 21st century started, we've had mentioned the Central Coast, the Gold Coast, Country, New South Wales, Perth. Mm. I've heard about the Southern Bears, uh, a second team in New Zealand in Christchurch. There's a lot of talk about a, a team in the Pacific and how that might work as well. And the, the chairman appears to be positioning the Bears more as a, you know, playing hard to get, you know, as yeah. in all, all of these potential options will come to the Bears and, and hope to get them. Uh, so I can't speak for everybody. I'm mm. not sitting at Percy's uh, on Miller Street every week. I live, I live in Darwin at the moment and ordinarily live in Melbourne, so I can't pretend to be in and around um, Bears people every week. Uh, but I hope I've tried to capture the broad kind of cross-section of views that are out there. Yeah, and are you sitting in one of those camps? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm firmly in the final one, which yep. is uh, the Bears in red and black and rehoming in a strategically relevant location. I mean, if I woke up tomorrow and the Bears were back in the NRL in red and black and there was one game at North Sydney Oval, I'd, I'd yep. probably be happier than at any other time of my life apart from the birth of my children. <laughs> <laughs> Who may listen to this later? I don't know. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, right. yeah I, I'm fairly realistic on that front as well. I think it's um, just about folly to consider the other two, though, though perhaps the Central Coast might be something that, that would be appealing to the NRL down the track. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's take a step back, shall we, to where it all began for you and the game of rugby league. Uh, you sort of touched on it in that answer before, but what's your rugby league origin story and how did you get into it? Uh, I grew up in Ryde in Sydney. Both my mum and dad came from families where rugby league was a staple of life. Uh, so my mum's a Tigers supporter notionally. Though when she grew up, like her late father, my papa, he used to enjoy taking them, as far as I understand, to Leichhardt Oval and Henson Park and North Sydney Oval. Um, so she had affection for all of these teams. Um, she, I think she fell in love with the Tigers due to the 69 grand final and regaling us as kids with stories about South having the champagne ready to go, etc. Um, but I think my papa, who I was very close to, and, and my uncle John as well, um, so her brother, they were, they were North's fans out and out. And then, and, and that's Said, you know, there's a whole backstory about me going to Leichhardt Oval when I was younger and my mum kind of trying to get me across to the Tigers as well when they played the Bears. But but really, um, hovering in the background at about age five and six was my dad, who was the eldest of seven from a big Catholic family from Lane Cove on the North Shore. And they all variously went to Morris Brothers on the North Shore. They played rugby league and cricket for brothers in the area. And they just generally hovered around Bears territory. They were rusted on North's people. And rusted on in a way that's kind of classically North. Like it, it had a real understated facade, but is as real as the heart and supporter of any other club yeah. without really the bells and whistles. So I think, you know, the psychologists say that boys start noticing their dads at about five or six. And, and, and I think in a sporting sense, that happened to me. Yeah. Uh, it's my dad, there's four younger uncles. And uh, I, I remember speaking of Leichhardt Oval, in 1992, North played Balmain there mm. and they were expected to win and it was a Sunday game and yeah. Mario Fennick and Peter McPhail got sent off so North went down to 11 mm. and lost the game 34-16 and I remember being deeply upset at that moment. But um, And yeah, from then on, North was just really deeply etched into my heart, you know, and remains yeah. that way today. And and yeah, like I, I, just finally I became... Um, I was obsessed with league, you know, like it was a thing to talk about at school and whatnot, but I used to get big league and rugby league week every week. I'd, yeah. I'd get the big league videos. We used to be able to rent a video once a week up at Top Ride, and <laughs> I'd invariably get the 86 Invincibles video, you know, the tour to, uh, of England. So, you know, and, yeah. and France, so I just loved it. I, I could not get enough of it. Oh, fantastic. You sound a bit like me when I was growing up, like that obsession and the, the way a result would affect you for the whole of the next week and... <laughs> I don't know if you were like me, but I'd go in the backyard and, and try to shoot a basketball. And if, if the basketball went in, Parramatta would win in my mind. And, and of course, <laughs> if I missed it, then it'll be two out of three. You know, if, if I get two out of three, they'll win. You know, keep changing the rules. But Absolutely. Yeah. It is funny. It is funny looking back on that and the kind of behaviours that you reflect upon. I, I think I was quite obsessive around league. I, I was the same with cricket as well and, yeah. and all sport. I was lucky enough to have some you know, cousins that love the Bears as well. I remember one of them who's a year or two older than me. He told me we, we were going to go up to Marathon Stadium in Newcastle in 93. Yeah. to watch the Bears and uh, he told me that because we all had a, we had full kit that we'd actually play in the President's Cup game uh, in the under-21s which I believe so all week I thought I was I was going to be Daryl Halligan you know <laughs> on, on the wing
ring and um, and the game started and I said, all right, it's time to go down and uh, right. my parents wouldn't let us. So I was, I was devastated. So yeah, I, I just, uh, I got a lot of, you know, really treasured memories of watching the Bears as a kid through that age very connected to family and ritual but also just you know i just absolutely on a personal level just mm. frothed on on the winning you know in the game so yeah I, I was all in yeah now sam obviously the bears are no longer an nrl club i imagine that period where the bears were slipping from your grasp was like watching the proverbial slow motion train wreck you know the criteria the financial woes mm. the northern eagles they're nothing you saw it happening in front of your eyes, but there was nothing you could do. What do you remember about that period? And could you explain to we lucky ones, I'm a Parramatta fan, who have never had their team taken away, what becomes of you? It's, it's a really good question. And I, I still think about that a lot because the Bears coming back, tragically or otherwise, is still all quite front of mind for me you know, all the, all the time. And my work at the moment is firmly within media and so a, a lot of my work is talking to people in media or talking to sources or trying to understand what's going on with my subject matter and it gives you a better insight into the machinations of what's going on and or, or what's likely to happen but as a kid I mean I guess the Super League concept entered into the mainstream consciousness when I was about nine or ten yeah. you know, probably, I'm thinking 94 perhaps it was on earlier you know but I wasn't aware of it and my diet of rugby league information was pretty much just you know going to the library and reading the telegraph mm. or the sydney morning herald you know at recess uh, or before school and, yeah. and talking to friends and or watching sports tonight you know and um i didn't really understand what was going on uh looking back other than just hoping to read articles saying that north would be safe and and through the whole time it was strange to think that north were in trouble as a sort of 11 or 12 year old mm. not really a grasping commercial realities or the, or the rationale for an expanded competition and what was going on there because they were really successful. I, I remember being broadly accepting of the Central Coast proposal, which went all the way you know, down the line and it seemed like that was going to be their ticket into the big time you know, in, in the 21st century and then, you know, classic bears, it just rained or something and they didn't build a stadium so they were out. Uh, which again, I didn't really understand and I actually, to this day, it boggles the mind that there wasn't uh, an alternative. Mm. The next thing I knew, Norths were being liquidated. I had to ask my parents what that meant mm. because I didn't understand and then they were just forced into the merger and it's, I've got to say, it was really quite, um, it's quite a hazy time, to be mm. honest. I can't remember a particular moment where the news broke and they were out and, and I was devastated. It seemed to be a, a, a quite a gradual thing and then, the, and then the merger happened. And, yeah, in the space of 12 months, North sort of went from a sort of glitzy mm. cosmopolitan club with money and prospects to a sponsorless wandering entity playing to sort of 5,000 people and getting hammered in 99 with a really, really jarring bbx sponsor that was not the right color for the jersey and <laughs> everything about it just oozed uh, you know death i guess yeah. uh, so that was my memory of it really i guess it was, it was pretty sad yeah i mean i i have a, a kind of traumatic memories of that period as well i would have been yeah 10 or 11 when super league struck and for me rugby league was a constant and and you know safety as you, you often say in your yeah. podcast and yeah, like we talked about at school and, you know, all my friends were Parramatta or Balmain fans and it was all like part of the process. And then it was kind of just steadily being eroded away. Rugby league became uncool. No one wanted to talk about it anymore. And like my whole world was kind of exploding, but obviously didn't didn't get as bad as it got for you where 
my team was kicked out. So yeah, really interesting. Now, Sam, in your Guardian article, you recount getting a little emotional as an eight-year-old at a Bears home loss to the Newcastle Knights. I think we can all empathise somewhat in your plight. I mean, who hasn't had the tears inexplicably flow at times, you know, making a scene and once those tears start, they just won't stop and everyone's looking at you and then they just get harder and harder. But Sam, I'm actually more interested in the happier memories that still linger for you. The Bears have been gone from the top flight for over two decades now. What are the memories from the Bears upbringing that keep the fire burning to see the Bears return to the NRL. What is it that you want to recapture that prevents you from just shrugging your shoulders and saying, oh, well, rugby league, don't need you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I love that question. Like, it's, to try and be really honest about it, like, it's never been an option for me. Like, I, I think my, and I never I never properly considered that. I mean, I have a deeply bitter relationship to rugby league. Like, make no mistake. And there are times, even 20 years after the Bears' demise from first grade, where I'm still involved in rugby league conversations with friends. You know, mm. I've got my mum was a Tigers fan. I kind of grew up in the area. I've got friends who are Tigers fans, yeah. and I have gaps in my knowledge these days. You know, like quite a few, and mm. I'm happy to have them. You know, because I, I feel like rugby league has um, has let me down you know, yeah, in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, and many might say with good reason, and that's that's life and whatever. But just in terms of my kind of soulful experience, you know, in connection to the game, yeah. it's never been possible for me. I think to to make a rational choice to walk away from the game, mm-hmm. uh, and I think because it was just a rugby league was a central force and passion in my formative years. You know, it was just a thing I was obsessed with it connected me to family i thrived on the tribalism of it mm. i recall even you know john doyle you know of, of roy from roy and hg mm. fame you know he's a, i view him as a national treasure you know he he gave a speech once in front of media types saying that his introduction to language was through rugby league reporting you know and i think it's the same for me and you know the things that keep the fire burning oh yeah it, it, it's the, it was the ritual of it really it was um you know sunny days at north sydney oval time with family though i, I wouldn't have been able to name that at the time mm. and you know it, i really you know loved and still love my uncles you know my dad's brothers who, mm. who came out and um my late grandfather and my dad's host passed away you know he was a bears guy as well mm. and um it was just a time to spend together i, I loved the um you know, I came to love the smell of, of stale beer at, at Percy's. We'd, we'd get there at 12 p.m. Never watched the earlier games, and I, I wasn't. I didn't understand that my uncles and my dad and mum probably just wanted to drink. You know, <laughs> sorry to say, but bulk piss. You know, they would say it like that. But and I would kind of wait intently for the for the bears to run out onto St Leonard's Park across the road to do their warm up, and right. then because that was as close as I could get to the players. You yeah. know, and um, I'd, I'd run out there dutifully and. I'd stand right near them and I, I remember hearing you know Greg Florimo swear and things like that and it just I just felt so close to them yeah. it was um you know it was it was heavenly you know yeah. for me and I'd run back in and the uncles would be like oh so what you know they'd, they'd wind me up sort of what are they saying what's, what's the report so, so I, I just really like lived it and breathed it and it's just it is interesting that the Bears exited first grade probably as I was just hitting sort of adolescence mm. and that opportunity to 
probably critically analyse the world around you a little bit more, mm. you know. So it, it's probably the last remaining vestige of something that I just truly experienced as a child. It's probably something problematic with that, you know, uh, in terms of my relationship to it. But I suppose I, I cling on to that purity of that experience, I guess, and, and I know that were they to return, life is uh, a lot more coloured in now and, and has yeah. shades of grey as well. But, yeah, I, I can't really let it go you know and i don't and i don't want to either you know it's just it's part of who i am yeah yeah now oh, they're beautiful reflections sam now in reality the, the idea of bringing the bears back has kind of simmered in varying forms since since their exit and until recently though the concept i think of bringing the bears back has never really gained much traction through the varying iterations that have been put forward you know as you mentioned early on it was going to be the central coast bears then there was a maybe a mix of central coast and north sydney last year as you said there was the somewhat creative idea of north sydney being the nomadic team of the new south wales regions you know the north sydney slash new south wales rural and regional bears uh but it looks like a partnership with perth might be the concept that could actually bring the bears back to top flight life you know how could this work sam because skeptics might see this as akin to a couple in their late 30s early 40s whom you know both really want kids but never really found the right person but now they've met each other and it's like are we really in love is it just convenience ah don't worry about it well let's just have a kid and worry about it later so how can we justify it to ourselves because i'll be honest i'd love to see it but that's my sentimental mind though how do i convince my skeptical mind why is perth and north sydney right for each other I think it's a great way to think about it and I certainly think about it that way too and I think I think paradoxically if you are a purist and you do want the bears to come back you are compelled to think about the kinds of elements that will actually get it across the line truly you know in the back rooms of the NRL etc or, or all of the stakeholders the, the shady types I guess that's uh that make these decisions look I'll, I'll be honest from the top like, arguments can be made and spun. I've got a background in communications and media relations. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I'd be speaking in good faith if I claimed that there was a sentimental or romantic or poetic connection between both places. Mm. Efforts will be made. Mm. Uh, like, no, and, and, so, and so they should. All I can think about in terms of any kind of sentimental connection between North and Perth is... Um, I should say the bears, that's the correct language now. Uh, but um, for, for my 10th birthday, I had a bears-themed party at home on a Friday night and uh, North played East at the Wacker and they won 20-8. to eight. Uh, <laughs> I think I remember that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, clearly, the the idea for the partnership is strategically and commercially motivated. Yeah. When you see arguments for it, as you said, that you know these are really matters of the heart. It's, it's about broadcast times, mm. it's about TV markets, it's about sponsor opportunities, it's about geographical spread and the flow-on effects of that. The practical argument for the Bears' involvement in that is that they would provide an immediate rugby league infrastructure in terms of pathways, I suppose. It, it would re-engage a substantial number of fans in the game. It might just give Perth a few more foundations to begin with given and i think the chairman used this language today though albeit in in the context of jim jeffries supporting the bears um, but uh de-risking any re-entry so the the bears would be seen as a kind of buttressing the potential for perth to hit the ground running and so if you re-engage those fans many would attend away games in sydney look as far as i understand what's happening now with the 18th team and that's the other thing when the Bears have tried to come back before there's often not been a spot for them there's Mm. been no claim for a spot there's Mm. been no conversation about it but there is a there is a gap in the NRL competition now so there there will be a team Mm. and 
as far as I can tell, and this is my own deductive reasoning, is um, Peter Flanders is trying to bring as many bits to the table as possible, which is why we're hearing about Perth, uh, which has its own strategic advantages. It's why we're hearing a little bit about PNG. It's why we're hearing about the Pacific. It's why we're hearing about the second New Zealand team. And I suppose the sceptic in me wonders whether... Vlandis understands that the Bears are great copy for these kinds of conversations mm. and will and will always ask the Bears to make themselves available to partner any of these regions. Mm. But invariably, the question will arrive when we go down the line or step through it, you know, should any of these regions have its own identity mm. or not? That's what invariably happens here. Mm. And I actually think that, though I'm a rusted-on Bears fan, I, I think it's up to the Bears to prosecute the argument to Perth, mm. not the other way around. Uh, or whoever it is, because I understand there are other serious considerations too, and the chairman's made that clear in public many times. Mm. The Bears need to make clear that they're a very worthy partner. Uh, To my mind, any sentiment that kind of um, positions the Bears as having its choice is... um, is very naive, you know. Not, I think it would be incumbent upon Bears people to reach out to whether it's Perth or anywhere else with a charm offensive, you know, to explain and to develop that relationship and that partnership. I, I think the Bears need these places more than they need the Bears. That, and that look, that could be a cautious or overly sceptical view, but I think history would suggest that's yeah. that's probably the way it should be approached. Yeah, no, they're, they're really good points. Uh, you know. Jim Jeffries' money, though, that, that's kind of convinced me. There, there goes my sceptical mind. I've got the Jim Jeffries' money. And also, <laughs> when you think about it, arranged marriages often work out at a better rate than, you know, marriages that we know of in the, the Western world where, you know, people fall in love, you know, because you, you have to make that effort to make it work and all that sort of thing. So there, there's that as well. Uh, there's also, they've got wind in common, obviously. There's a Fremantle doctor in Perth and there's the subtly <laughs> yeah, buster. Yeah. No, anyway, yep. I'm, I'm being ridiculous now. Now, yeah, I'm sorry if I've, um, I've I've approached these questions like too prosaically and analytically, no, just no. looking for some kind of comedic analogies. I, I, we can do it again if you like. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. I just thought I'd uh, chuck in the wind yeah. scenario. Now, Sam, I want to get a bit deeper about the essence of being a North Sydney Bears rugby league fan. So indulge me for a moment, if you will. I'm imagining a situation where you're in a pub with, a, with you know, some fellow rugby league fan friends of yours and being the, the resident Bears fan of the crew, you automatically possess some extra cred, obviously. Then a, a few minutes later, a friend of a friend joins the table, who you quickly learn also happens to be a North Sydney fan. Now, we all know this feeling. You immediately enter a pseudo-fighting posture to protect your turf <laughs> as the go-to Bears guy of the alehouse. Now, I'm curious, what names do you reach for in the inevitable softening-up conversation about your respective North Sydney fanhoods? to shore up your status in the group hierarchy? Because I imagine, you know, Florimo, Larson, Moore could be too obvious to win by knockout. So, you know, what's the strategy here and what are the names that you'll ultimately use to put this imposter back in his or her place? Well, first thing I want to say, John, is that, like, I'm not a fan of anybody gaming hypotheticals, but I would just like to start with a parenthesis that if another Bears fan walked into a pub, we'd probably be hugging quite shortly. Uh, you know, so yeah. there's no – we need to stick together. And I suppose, secondly, like, I sort of alluded to this at the top of the show – the sort of um, outspoken, competitive, like externally competitive, noisy Bears fan is a little bit of a contradiction. You know, mm. to be a Bears fan is actually to be, I think, a little bit understated. 
centered a yeah. little bit kind of quietly brooding <laughs> you know yeah. and uh don't need to speak until it's time to speak but let's say that i needed to show my wares <laughs> firstly you need to understand your weaknesses. Uh, so so I, I have weaknesses from kind of the, the 80s and previously. I, I know a little bit, but my bear's passion does begin basically when I can remember supporting yep. them. But you're right. You'd, Flora Mo Larson, Billy Moore, anyone can reel that off. Mm-hmm. Um, except one time when I went to a pub in 2005 and saw Benji Marshall there and I told him that he'd have nothing against Fairly Larson Moore. And he said, <laughs> I've never heard of those people. <laughs> You know, most people, you know, who, who, who are connoisseurs of 90s rugby league know those people. So yeah. so I think the next rung down is probably more of your Adrian Tools oh, uh, yeah. club captain, you know, yeah. first grade and reserve grade, prominent late 80s, early 90s, still very popular, everyone mm. calling Tool, etc. You've got your your cart horses, I guess, uh, in terms of players like like Chris Caruana, David mm. Hall. These are the guys Jim Jeffries was talking about today, which I think was good cred from Jim yeah, Jeffries. Yeah, uh, David Hall. But really, if you, I think your knockout blows are when you start actually talking about the quality of the reserve grade team. You know, oh, in the yeah. early nineties, two comps back to back. You know, ninety two, <laughs> ninety three, and that's when you're getting into. These guys probably had more ones and twos, but you know, Craig Magpie, John MacArthur, Noel Solomon, uh, yeah. you know, Greg Barwick, Jeff Doyle, and he even kept yeah. the first grade for a bit. Paul Conlon, Gary Smith captained the grand final against Balmain in nineteen ninety two, and gave probably the least graceful captain winning speech you've ever seen in any sporting code professionally across the world. I encourage anyone to look at it on YouTube, but he accepted the trophy and bellowed too easy. <laughs> it's classic, you know, once again, North not really knowing how to deal with winning, <laughs> but, um, and he had to clarify as he started getting booed that he was joking. <laughs> Just a joke. Um, so, um, look, I'd probably start moving it towards reserve grade conversations. Uh, and if my kind of uh, what interlocutor could meet me there, then that's just a friend for life, really. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be hard to beat. That's really impressive. Nice work. Now, Sam, you've been very kind with your time. We're actually talking during an Australian cricket test match, which is your bread and butter through the grade cricketer. So I won't keep you much longer. But before I let you go, one of the things I love about the grade cricketer is when you and your partner in crime, Ian Higo Higgins, explain the issues of the world in grade cricket terms. You know, Brexit, I don't get it. Give it to me in grade cricket terms. You know, crypto, I'm not following. Lay it down in grade cricket terms. I was wondering if you'd do us the honour of explaining the North Sydney Bears in grade cricket terms. Firstly, you know, for the North Sydney Bears of your youth, of the 90s and of the North Sydney Bears of today? All right, I'll, I'll try. I think I'll set it up a little bit. So with my youth, the North Sydney Bears were defensively outstanding. They always conceded few points. They were very tough through the middle. And they were... They could play a little bit of razzle-dazzle football, but it was nothing like Brisbane or Canberra Mm. or any of the people that are renowned in the 90s for that kind of football. They were more of a grinding team. And so I would invoke probably the most said phrase, most used phrase in grade cricket, and I'll leave a gap where you can imagine the word that I'm saying. Um, But with the Bears, it would be, let's just work hard and get these out. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. And then for today... Look, <laughs> one thing that happens in cricket a lot is, you know, you, you exaggerate the grade that you play in by one or two. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think at the moment with the Bears trying to come back, I think today in great terms, the Bears would be saying that they play mainly ones and twos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. 
that's about as, well, as good as I can do, Jono. That's perfect. Just relating it that's, to cricket, so yeah. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Sam. And Sam, we are sadly out of time, uh, but it's been a, a lot of fun for me. So thanks so much for, for taking the time to join us. We wish only the best to you and the Bears and the engagement to Perth, perhaps. Hope it ends in a, in a beautiful marriage with many happy returns. <laughs> so Sam Perry, go well, and thanks for joining the Progressive Rugby League podcast. Thanks for letting me talk about my hopes and dreams and memories. <laughs> thanks, Sam. Progressive Rugby League. Sam Perry, great cricketer, humorous thinker, good guy. Alrighty, let's call it. Thanks as always for taking some time out of your day, or even merging us into your day, whichever way, until we next meet somewhere on the red eye back from Perth after a long emotional rugby league confused weekend, which I hope one day will be redubbed the red and black eye. Rugby League call me and see ya.